everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Monday, October 21st. This is episode number 834 here at the Heidi St. John podcast. And as you guys know, it's Mailbox Monday. I've got a lot of questions you guys are sending to me fast and furious, and I'm going to get to as many as I can today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys. As always, thank you so much for the reviews that you're leaving for the podcast over at iTunes. As always, I want to just encourage you, those reviews, when you leave them, it helps us to keep the podcast up in the ratings, but also it really encourages the team of people that brings this podcast to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we want to hear from you. If you have a show idea or a question that you'd like to see addressed at Mailbox Monday, head on over to my website, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday, and you will find a form to fill out. One of the things we really want to do here is really scratch it where you itch. <laughs> and so it is a passion of mine to talk about faith and culture and really address the topics that we are dealing with in real time. Because as you guys have heard me say over and over and over, God's word is not silent on the issues that we're facing in this generation. God isn't confused. God isn't worried. And yet we have a worried and confused church. And so it's my heart to just direct you back to the word of God and to say, listen, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Let's trust the Lord and walk in right relationship with him. Speaking of everything is going to be all right. Everything is not all right here in my little town of Battleground, Washington. Can you guys just pray for us? Uh, The school board had a meeting the other night and everybody but one person at this point anyway has adopted or voted rather to adopt comprehensive sex education. And I told you before that this it's horrifying to me. I mean, the more I see about the sex education that's being pushed on our children, the more obvious it is to me that our kids are being indoctrinated and groomed. I don't think that that's too strong of a word. And so the fight in Battleground Washington is not over yet. We have one more meeting. And I would just ask that you please, I know a lot of you don't live here, but I do. <laughs> and there are thousands of kids that attend school in the Battleground School District. And Washington State is really a hotbed for this. A lot of activism here going on. And the number one target is our children. So if you could pray for us and pray for the children, just pray that God uh, wakes up his, that the Holy Spirit, that we'd be sensitive so that we can get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And uh, there's never been a more important time and there's never been a more important topic. So I know a lot of you are facing this in your area. I want to encourage you again, and this will go directly to some of the questions that I'm going to answer here at the podcast today, but a lot of you are feeling the heat. And if you're, if you're not feeling the heat, my, my hench is that you're just, you're kind of heads in the sand. You don't really understand what's going on because it is serious what's happening and we need to address it. And so that's what we're trying to do here at the podcast. And that's what God's people are called to do, to be salt and light in a world that desperately needs Jesus. Last weekend, we did my women's conference, Faith That Speaks, here in Vancouver, and had a great turnout for that. Thanks to everybody who came out for that. I think it's really important to follow up with it and say, it's easy for us, I think, to feel overwhelmed by what's happening around us and to feel discouraged. And I can I just encourage you right now, don't feel discouraged. Uh, that's, not, that's not God's spirit. I think be awake and be on fire. Right. But the Apostle Paul, when he realized, oh, my goodness, I've just spent my entire life killing and persecuting Christians. When God got a hold of his life, uh, he made an impact that was absolutely eternal. And 
you guys were born for this. You were born for such a time as this. So I hope you'll join me getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. Uh, starting in January, we're going to change it up a little bit at MomStrong International. Want to get, let, kind of let you guys know now. Um, we're changing our format just a little bit. We're going to be we're listening to you, and we're so thrilled to see so many of you getting into the Word of God, and we want to hear from you. And so I'm going to be changing the podcast format just a little bit to reflect some of the changes that I'm making in the ministry and with our team. Uh, when we had the Faith That Speaks conference here, my staff. Everybody but Marlene, shout out for sweet Marlene. She didn't make it this year, but everybody else made it out here to Vancouver. And we spent quite a bit of time just talking about what we're doing here at the Heidi St. John podcast and over at MomStrong International. And I think you guys are going to be super excited about where the ministry is headed. So we want you to get on board. It's a great way to support the ministry. It's a great way to keep this podcast on the air. You can join the membership at MomStrong International and have access every month to the Bible studies that we're doing. And it also really helps to support the ministry and the work that we are doing here. So thank you to everybody who's been doing that. And thank you for your continued prayers. want to get let you know too, I said this a while ago, I'm going to keep saying it so you guys have me on your radar. I love Christmas cards. I'm the girl who sends Christmas cards in the mail. I love to get them. And I got to thinking the staff here at Friendly Planted Family and the women who help and the men behind the scenes for the podcast and for MomStrong International would love to hear from you and see your faces and here get a note from you in the mail. So can you guys put me on your Christmas card list? I'm going to give you my address. Are you ready? Get a pencil. Write this down. Here's the address. Here's Firmly Planted Family 11100, Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. We're going to get those pictures and cards hopefully from you guys in the mail. And what I want to do is just fill up the walls of the Resource Center so that the mamas that come here five days a week and the staff that's here and the podcast staff can see the faces of the people who are listening. And if you guys decide that you want to send a year-end gift to support the ministry, we would love that as well. But we really do want to hear from you. So send us a Christmas card, Heidi St. John, care of Firmly Planted Family. I'm calling that my Christmas card palooza. Also, and I'm going to get to your questions. I promise you, uh, lots of you guys have been asking what I'm going to do. My fall oils class, I talked about it way back in June and then uh, forgot to sort of mention again, that is coming up in the next couple of days. We're going to talk about how essential oils can help mamas with special needs kids and also help you uh, shore up your family for cold and flu season. You guys know that I'm a huge fan of essential oils. I've been using them for about 10 years. They've made a huge, huge difference in my life and the health of my family. So uh, I like to talk about it just a couple of times a year, and that's coming up. So if you're interested in learning about essential oils, uh, keep your ear to the ground for that. That will be coming up. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get to your letters today. Thank you to everybody who's turning in letters at Mailbox Monday. Again, if you would like to see your question addressed, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Please put your name in there. And uh, if you want me to keep it anonymous, I guess you don't have to put your name, but you're going to have to put your email address. We really do want to hear from you. And that uh, hopper, you know, the queue in there is kind of full right now. So I'm getting to them as fast as I can. And you're going to see me do this more uh, in January. I think we're going to start answering questions on Mondays and Wednesdays and uh, maybe bring even some guests on to help answer some of these questions. You guys have really fantastic questions, by the way. Um, I read them to my staff and we're all like, wow, that was a great question. So I'm going to get to some of them today, but I just want you guys to be encouraged. We are very thankful that you're writing to us and letting us know show ideas. What's, what do you like at the podcast? What can we do better? 
It's a great place for you to do that. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. All right, here we go. Heidi, uh, I need some help. I have a very close friend who is struggling with her now 18-year-old daughter who has decided to transition to a boy. This has been a four-year process that she has prayed about and fought against as much as she felt she could without terminating her relationship with her child. Long story short, my friend left an abusive marriage with six children in tow. I also fear that this child is surrounded by hopelessness. Her group of online friends is filled with despair and anger. According to her mom, there is very little in the way of uplifting conversations between the daughter and these online friends. They always seem to point the finger at somebody else as to why they're not successful in the workplace, school, etc. Please tell me if I gave bad advice to this mom on Sunday as we wept together at church. There are churches in our community that embrace this way of life. I suggested she take her child to one of these churches so that she is in what she would re- what she would perceive as a positive environment among people who will give this child a hug and say that she is loved. As I said, though, members of our church did the same and, sh- and couldn't accept it, knowing that we view her behavior as sinful. I just wondered if she's able to bring herself to sit in the pews of a church and hear about Jesus, and it might open her heart a little. And from there, her mom might be able to introduce truth back into her life. If not, Heidi, I don't know. I've prayed for this young woman for four years. I've tried to encourage her mom not to lose hope. And now we both feel so defeated. What's even more heartbreaking is seeing how this has affected her siblings, two of whom now question their own relationship with the Lord. They are so confused, and I fear they will be lost in the end. All right. Uh, this is a this is a very tender topic, and so I'm going to go ahead and just ask the Lord to help me as I communicate the truth of his word to you. Lord Jesus, Lord, I come before you right now and just, can I, I just want to lay myself at your feet, Lord, and say, I don't have all the answers. These are hard questions, Father, and your word you said you gave to us as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Holy Spirit, we need your help. Lord, I pray for this mom and I pray for her friend who's walking through these very deep waters with her, Lord, that you would give her both wisdom and compassion. Lord, your word says it's your kindness that brings us to repentance, that you so love the world, Father God, that you sent your son. And so I pray, Lord, that you would help us to communicate that the greatest of the commandments that you gave us is to love. And so I pray, Lord, you help us to love like you did, speaking the truth in love. And Lord, I pray that we'd be known for our kindness. And please, Father, help us to steward the message of the gospel in the process of dealing with these things. Father, I pray for every person listening to this right now who has someone in their life that's dealing with gender dysphoria on some level. Lord, we need your help. And I pray that you would offer it through my my voice this morning and through the podcast. And we just give you praise and glory, Lord. We thank you that in the end, we know that you win this thing and that you're going to come back and you're going to make this broken world right. And we thank you for that. And we look forward to it in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So a couple things I want to say, first of all, uh, mama, you know that the, the greatest of these is love, right? Of all of the commandments that God has given us, we are called to love. The problem comes in when, when we separate truth from love. And anytime we do that, it's not actually love anymore. So the first thing I want you guys to know is if you know a child, whether it's yours or somebody else's, who's struggling with gender dysphoria and they come out as gender dysphoric, the first thing you want to do is affirm that you love them. You want to love them. So remember, gender dysphoria is a term for the sense of being born in the wrong body, which you guys is a lie from the pit of hell. But it is something that we're dealing with in the culture right now. We need to deal with it both honestly and lovingly. And so the first thing a parent needs to do 
all the time is to love because the child needs to know that there's nothing that can happen that's going to break the bond between a parent and a child. All right. I have friends whose children have literally been convicted of murder and are spending their lives in prison and their moms are still loving them and their dads are still loving them. So just because your child is struggling with sin doesn't mean that you don't come alongside that child and literally do everything that you can to encourage and love them to walk with the Lord. God offers us forgiveness, right? That's one of the hallmarks of Christianity is forgiveness through the Lord. So every issue that we're dealing with in the culture right now, we need to come at it with the spirit of the living God inside of us. So we know that transgenderism is a lie, right? But we also know that God commands us to love. And so we have to find a way to speak the truth in love. So don't lay down the truth on the altar of a misguided mercy. I think in many ways, transgenderism is a form of idolatry, uh, certainly in this movement that we see in the LGBTQ community. And now definitely they're pushing pedophilia. You're going to see it more and more. I was just uh, tagged in a tweet the other day by a guy who was just like, listen, you know, love is love is love is love. Where do you guys see that? Where do you see it? Out in front of all the LGBTQ, RST, WXYZ churches, that are in the United States right now. Love is love is love. So this guy was like, love is love is love is love. Even love between a a consensual love between an adult and a child. You guys, what a sick, perverted world we are living in right now. And in this particular worldview, all that matters is freedom and choice and and our own definition of who we are, except for we are who God says we are. See, in the culture right now, we have put ourselves at the center of the universe. We put ourselves on the throne of our lives. We're building an altar to ourselves, not to God. And in the process, we've taken him off the throne and we have uh, removed him as our creator. And so this is no, this is seen no better place than in Bruce Jenner. You guys remember Bruce Jenner? Uh, he was the Olympic athlete and he was a reality television star. And he came out uh, several years ago as a transgender woman. But if you take a look at him, he still has masculine hands, right? He's, he's not going to go in and get a hand transplant, all right? So he's undergone hormone treatments, plastic surgery. He's even had a procedure to have his male sex organs removed. But if you look at his hands, honestly, or his legs or his feet, they're going to still reveal the fact that he's a man. It's impossible for cosmetic surgery to trim his bones and his muscles and his tendons to make them resemble those of a woman. Why? Because he's not a woman. And I think that the tragedy of transgender identity is even worse than what you're seeing happening with Bruce Jenner, who I've said before on the podcast, that man doesn't have any friends. Because anybody who really loved him would be like, dude, this isn't, I mean, I understand that you're struggling. Let's figure out a way to help you feel comfortable in your own body. Because if you listen to Bruce Jenner, he'll tell you that he struggled with gender dysphoria from the time he was very young. Does it change who he is? No, absolutely not. And many uh, men and women who identify as transgender later reject their identity, and then they still suffer from the effects of the hormones and the surgery. So even after their their mind comes back to a place of relative health where they go, okay, oh my goodness, I am a man. I was born in a boy's body. That makes me a man. If they go through these surgeries, like so many young people are doing, and then later on come out of the fog of the deception of transgenderism, now they're stuck with the effects of hormones and surgeries. It's a lose, 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 right? I read a quote the other day uh, from a a lady named Carrie Stella. Listen to what she said. I am a real live 22-year-old woman with a scarred chest and a broken voice and a five o'clock shadow because I couldn't face the idea of growing up to be a woman. That's my reality. 
And she said this on YouTube. She is a YouTube artist who once identified as transgender, and now she's painfully coming out and say, this it doesn't work. These surgeries and things don't work, right? The lie that a person can change their gender has also now unleashed other identities, right? I think last count, there were, are we up to what, 70? I'm looking at Jay, 74 genders on Facebook. How ridiculous. And And what's happened is then men who are absolutely mental have gotten expensive surgeries to become a transgender dragon lady or a genderless alien. And this is obviously insane, right? But once we accept transgenderism, you can't really rationally reject it because now you are whoever you whoever you purport yourself to be. And the Bible teaches us that as human beings, we have we are afflicted with two different kinds of deceit, right? two different kinds of perversion. We we are born into this world with broken hearts and broken bodies. And the Bible teaches us that Jesus came to solve both of these problems. The Bible says he was anointed to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's Luke 4, verses 18 to 21. So to answer the first part of your question, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I would never, ever, 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 ever tell a person to go to a church that will accept the lie of transgenderism in the hope that if we accept the lie, somehow they'll hear the truth. It, it doesn't work that way. This is what happened in the Garden of Eden, right? Here's uh, here's Satan, you know, disguised as an angel of light, disguised as a serpent, talking to Eve, you know, you won't surely die. Well, one could argue he was offering her a shot at life. And really what she got was death. You don't offer a child a shot at life by sending them to a church that doesn't know how to find it. So I'm I'm not trying to, I'm not mad at you. I'm not saying what a jerk you are. I'm saying, because I understand your heart and I see what you're trying to do, but I think that's the wrong approach. All right. I would, I would be more inclined to say, can we go talk to the pastor of this church, a real Bible believing, Bible teaching, uh, sinner loving, which is what we all should be because we're all sinners. Church, we love people the way that they are, but the gospel doesn't leave us where it finds us. It changes us. And so I would encourage you, go to the pastor of the church that that family wants to say, we've got a huge problem here. I've got a young man or a young woman who's identifying as transgender, who's about ready to drive their uh, their body off a cliff and do irreparable harm. Can they come to your church and will will you love them the way that they are? We love them where they are, but we don't lie to them. All right. So I think... Part of the problem in the church is that we deny the transgender identity, right? Which we should. It's wrong. When someone says to me, you got to call this, you got to use this guy's pronouns or whatever, and I got to start using cisgender and all this other garbage in the culture today, you're going to have to like put me in prison. Because I don't think I'm helping anybody to enter into a lie with them, to enter into a delusion with them. So as Christians, we I, we deny the thought process behind transgender identity, but you should never deny gender dysphoria. That is an absolutely real thing. There are all, you guys, anorexia is real. It's in your head, right? A person who suffers from anorexia is going to look in the mirror and see a 400-pound woman, but that doesn't make them a 400-pound woman. Instead, they're starving themselves to death. Gender dysphoria, I see it in very, very much the same way. And so I want to encourage you not to dismiss someone who says that they suffer from gender dysphoria and do not send them to someone who won't tell them the truth. You see, as believers, we have the answers. You guys have access to the healer. 
Jesus came to heal the broken. And as people who love Jesus, we should be extending that truth and proclaiming it from the hilltops. You guys, get off the bench. The answer to the brokenness that's in the church right now is not to send people to churches who are absolutely teaching false a false gospel. The Apostle Paul explained that if any of us are in Christ, we are a new creature, right? 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. You guys, the new has come. And so because of our faith in Jesus, we can say, listen, Jesus promises you with your gender dysphoria, a new identity, an identity that's much more hopeful than you just switching sexes and having a surgery that actually isn't going to do the thing that you want it to. Instead, God's saying, listen, identify as a child of God. You are loved. You are an heir to the universe, a person who is not to be judged by appearances. You guys, the Bible says that whoever is in Christ is a new creation. We serve the healer. God came to heal us, and we live in such a broken place. The Bible promises to set the solitary in families. That's Psalm 68, 6. You see, I think that God's plan for the church was that it would be a home for all. And can I just say right now, that is where the gay and lesbian and transgender and bisexual uh, community inside the quote-unquote church, the, the so-called Christian, Christian version of this, has actually done a much better job than, than the church who's supposed to be faithful to the word of God. They have created all kinds of community, and they're flourishing because of it. We've got to figure out how to create community in truth and love people in truth. Because I think that God would have us do that to reach out in love and welcome people from different walks of life. We're all broken in different ways. Can we just agree? Jesus promised in Mark chapter 10, verse 29, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions in the age to come, eternal life. And you see, accepting Jesus might separate a gender dysphoric person from the LGBT community, but God said that he promises a larger community. And they're certainly going to get it when we get to heaven. You guys, we need to love people where they're at. I'm going to link back to uh, a couple of really great articles on this today. One particularly about how you can respond if your child claims to be transgender. I think the first thing you need to know is you got to love them. I don't think we can say it enough. And then how do we respond to the transgender community uh, in love? We need to respond in a way that says, God loves you. God loves you. And so uh, that's the answer to that question. Again, you guys, the answer to a lie the lie of transgenderism and the mental illness, which is gender dysphoria, is not to send someone to a place where, they, where the lie will be embraced. We want to send them to a place where the truth is embraced and our, our common struggle with sin is embraced. And we say, hey, we love you. God loves you. Let's walk this thing together. All right. Those churches are few and far between, but I know they're out there because I found one. So you guys can do it, all right? Hang in there. The next one comes from Sarah. She said, Heidi, I come from a small church that's just beginning to embrace social media. I let them use pictures of my kids for Sunday morning announcements, but just discovered these announcements are on the YouTube videos of sermons. I'm not trying to be a stick in the mud, but seeing my children on YouTube disturbed me 
Do I tell the church to remove pictures of my children from social media? Why am I so bothered by this? I don't want to be that mom. All right. So Sarah, here's the thing. We're living in kind of a weird time right now. Like I have found my kids' pictures on the internet. I think the the best thing that, at least for me, what Jay and I have decided in our family is uh, we're not hypersensitive about this topic. What I want my kids to know is how to navigate the internet for themselves. I want them to know what's good and what's bad on the internet. I want them to understand tracking. I just switched from Google to DuckDuckGo. So I'll link back to that. If you guys are looking for internet search engine that won't track you, Google is tracking everything you do, just FYI. Uh, so I switched to DuckDuckGo. And I, I think just telling your kids about the dangers of the internet, right? So there really isn't, I don't think there's any way unless you decide, you know, to be Amish or go live underground or whatever it is. I, it's very, very hard to keep your kids out from any kind of, you know, having their picture on the internet, right? If, if there's something that's happening that's highlighting your child and you're just like, no, I don't want that, then talk to your pastor about it. But this is a hard place for churches to be, a hard place for youth groups and for places like the Homeschool Resource Center. When people come here, they sign an agreement that says that they, they understand. I mean, we can't take pictures of what's going on around here and then blur out everybody's faces, right? That doesn't make sense. Who wants to go to a church where everybody's faces are all blurred out? That's weird. Right. So we have people sign releases when they come here. And then the greatest uh, defense that you have against the Internet being wrongfully used is to go on offense with your kids and teach them uh, the pitfalls. And there are many of the Internet and of social media. So that'd be the place I think I would start if it really, really bothers you. uh, You're probably going to have to just talk to your pastor about it. But I will say it, it makes it really hard for church, you know, people who are trying to get the word out about their churches to not never be able to use pictures of kids that come to their church. So there are stock photos, but not the same, right? Everyone knows that. So pray about it. Do the best thing for your kids. And then I, I would say, lastly, when you talk to your, your pastor, or youth pastor, be kind. All right. That's the that mom that you don't want to be. You don't want to be that mom who goes in and, and is unkind. And for goodness sake, I'll tell you what, as 20 some odd years as a pastor's wife, I saw that a lot. So let's not do that. All right, you can do it. Next one comes in from a mom who wants to remain anonymous. She said, Dear Heidi, I've been encouraged and strengthened in listening to your podcast and studying your mom's strong materials. I'm a rather recent listener, so welcome. Uh, Therefore, I apologize if there's been a reference for a resource for children before I have a four-year-old and one on the way. Do you have a list of your favorite resources to grow children in Christ? So uh, she went on to say a couple more things, but I think I get the gist of it. So yes, I do. So I have an Amazon store, which I'll link back to in the show notes today. If I find things that are really good, that's where I typically put them. Also, I carry a fair amount of really great discipleship materials at HeidiStJohnStore.com. You can look there. Our new necklaces are in, by the way, the new the new off the bench Shirt is in. I've got some a couple of really beautiful tunics that say he trains my hands for battle. So you guys can check those out, HeidiStJohnStore.com. Also, my husband and I have written a devotional for families that includes activities and um, age-appropriate questions for every age in your family. So that is called Firmly Planted. Um, it's a Bible, Bible devotional, Bible study for families. Check it out at HeidiStJohn.com or the Heidi St. John store, HeidiStJohnStore.com. And I think you guys will love it. So Friendly Planted came out several years ago, and we're still hearing really great things and a lot of good fruit that's coming from it. Uh, this is also a great thing to use in your church. In our church, they're using Firmly Planted to give worksheets to the children so they actually stay up there during the service now. So we really love that. All right, I've got time for one more. Actually, I don't have time, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
Because it's going to take me till this time next year to get through what's in the queue. So this also came from an anonymous listener. She said, "Um, how do I change my library? I want to get off the bench. I have so many concerns over the content that's being displayed in the children's section of our library. A book called Confessions of a Christian Mystic, to name just one of many. They recently did a story time on Day of the Dead to learn about Mexican culture, and three- to five-year-olds made skull masks. Our library funding is mostly donations, and the director and assistant director make the decisions for purchases. Do I set up a meeting with them? I'm so sick over this. I don't even know if I could keep my composure in person. What if it falls on deaf ears? What if it's not received? How do I organize? We live in a very small town in Tennessee made up of at-risk populations, and I just can't believe this is happening here. Okay, so first of all, it is happening there because it's happening everywhere. Um, I'm going to direct you guys back, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today. I'm going to direct you guys back to the statement that the American Library Association made on this topic in particular. They are absolutely hell-bent. And when I say hell-bent, I mean it because it is so wicked what's happening. And I think it comes from the enemy, which is why I say hell-bent. They are hell-bent on the indoctrination of your children, and they want to use the library as a platform. And unfortunately, we have funded them, right? So our tax dollars fund the library. This is how uh, they've been able to get Drag Queen Story Hour in, which is, I'm sorry, made up of pedophiles and sick men dressed as women, reading stories about gender-neutral worms to innocent little children. And shame on the parents who are bringing their kids to this garbage, for goodness sake. Anyway, I don't go to my library anymore. And that's terrible as a homeschool mom, right? So we have, I, I go to used bookstores. I will, I'll do just about anything to keep from going to the library because our library here in Little Battleground, Washington, doing very much the same thing where we are inundated with drag queens here in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, we have decided that the way to fight back is A, show up. You got to go to the meetings. Absolutely go and talk to your library directors. I want to know when the library became a place for activists to be. Right. There there have always been books at the library that I've been like, oh, that's not good. Put that down. This is beyond that. We're This is not just putting uh, books out for people to see. This is pushing things that are that are very dangerous to children. Most of it sexual in nature. Most of it pushing the LGBT, particularly the transgender culture right now. This is this is the mission of the American Library Association, which has really been hijacked by homosexual activists. So that's what's happening. And the only way to get off the bench is to just say, here's my library card. I'm not coming back anymore. And the next time you guys uh, ask for a bond or a levy to fund your library, I will vote no. And I'm going to go to every neighbor that I know and say, please do not vote for funding for the library because until they run, they're going to do this until they run out of money. And to me, that's one of the very best ways. Also, do not forget, you guys, the power of prayer, all right? Pray, 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 pray. Uh, meetings, you know, you can organize meetings in your home. There's lots of things that we can do. And uh, I believe that Christians are going to continue to come under attack in the culture by by just the nature of what we see happening. You guys, I watched the uh, Democrat debate the other day for as long as I could stomach it, which truly was only about two minutes. But I did watch it. <laughs> I watched it for a few minutes and I watched it long enough to see uh, Beto O'Rourke tell everybody he was going to come take your AR, you know, whatever, your your weapon. And if you don't turn it in voluntarily, he's going to come take it from you. You know, we're living in really weird times. You guys understand, right, that uh, that the government, the reason that the founding fathers put that right to keep and bear arms in the Constitution was so that you would have defense against a tyrannical government. Hello? 
uh, tyrannical government, Beto O'Rourke, who's now the poster child for tyrannical governments, R.S. So I just want to let you guys know there's a lot of things happening right now. And I think by in many cases, I didn't even get to the gun control thing. That's the next question coming up. So I saw it here. So it reminded me of Beto, which made me mad. So sorry. (laughs) I sort of went off my script a little today. I'll get back to that next Monday. But what I want you to know is the reason why this is happening at the scale to which it's happening and the speed with which it's happening is because people, ordinary people who know that this is wrong, have not gotten off the bench and onto the battlefield. These types of people, these movements, the drag queen story hour, promoting this garbage in the libraries, um, pushing socialism and even communism. Thank you, AOC and the squad. Uh, This stuff is happening because so many of us have been quiet for so long. And they literally depend on your silence. This this wouldn't be happening if you guys would get off the bench, if I would get off the bench. And so it's incumbent upon us to get to, first of all, to know why it's important. You got to understand why you're fighting for what you're fighting for, right? So why don't you want drag queens in the library? You got to know if you're going to go talk to your library director, um, you need to know why it bothers you that there's a book called Confessions of a Christian Mystic. I was just in uh, the San Juan Islands. We took our staff there for a staff retreat and I get them, you know, once a year. And so we went up to the San Juans. It was absolutely beautiful. You guys, we got to see um, orcas breaching in the Salish Sea. We saw, you know, oh my goodness, it was, it was incredible. And I love a good bookstore. So we took the ferry to Friday Harbor and everybody kind of got to walk around for a few minutes. And we went to a bookstore too. Well, I'm the person who can't just go into a bookstore and not actually look at the books and see what's actually going on. And I was pretty sad at what I saw in the bookstore. Um, pretty sad. You know, the, the Christian books were uh, Girl, Wash Your Face and Jesus Calling. And then they're right next to a book on the occult and a book about, you know, uh, witchcraft and a book about why Buddhism was real. And uh, bookstores are places where a lot of this stuff is is uh, very, very prevalent, right? And so I kept looking for like a real book about Christianity, couldn't find anywhere. But then I did notice right next to it, a whole section for feminists, including a book called What Do We Need Men For? (laughs) You guys, I looked at Melissa and I was like, I got to get out of here because I'm going to start like saying stuff. I'm going to have to go up to the manager of the store and be like, really? But then I realized it's probably not the time and not the place and it wouldn't have helped. But there's a lot of stuff going on around the culture. And to me, it's reason for us to be praying, but more than that, it's reason for us to uh, to speak. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And we want to say so. We want to be able to speak about the hope and healing of the Lord. And that brings me to the last question from Anna. And I know I'm totally over time today. I'm really sorry, but I'm going to finish up this, with this question. What is the importance of sharing your personal testimony with others, like sharing what God is doing in your life? I'm going to link back to some really great um, apologetics where it comes to this particular question. But my very favorite verse on this is found in Psalm 107. So 107 verse two, Psalm 107 verse two, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from trouble. That's the end of that verse. And I think it's important for you guys to know that you have inside of you, if you know Jesus, you have Jesus, the hope of glory. He's the healer. He's the one who saves and redeems, right? In in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but in your hearts, honor Christ as the Lord, um, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you and do so with gentleness and respect. 
do so with gentleness and respect. John 5, verse 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me. Romans 10, 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? You see, you have the opportunity and in fact, the obligation, Jesus said, go therefore into all the world and and talk about the hope that you have in Jesus. Talk about what God's done. Talk about the healing. Absolutely. You are the salt and light of the world. And we're supposed to be salty. So get out there and be salty, you guys. You have an opportunity. Jesus said in Matthew 11, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And then he gives you this promise. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the promise that we have in Jesus. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And we should be speaking about his truth and his love. This is the heartbeat behind my women's conference, Faith That Speaks, to teach you how to get off the bench and onto the battlefield, armed with the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ and ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. I've loved being here with you guys today. I realize I've gone a little bit over time. Thanks for bearing with me. There are a lot of questions at Mailbox Monday. Keep them coming. And we will do our best to get them out and answered here at Mailbox Monday. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Thank you so much for tuning in today and for leaving reviews for the podcast and for my books over at iTunes and Amazon. Stay faithful, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.